Uh, I think it's important that we as a congregation, whether we have kids in the school system or not, pray over them. You know, just say, hey, we know we have spiritual authority here, right? Just the kids of RCC, the, the, the young people of RCC, the college students uh, of RCC, speak over them, pray over them, and of course be there for them if you have contact with them. Uh, it's, a, it's a jungle out there. But uh, they have the light, and darkness does not have to have an influence on them, correct? I know we got a lot of people out today getting ready for school to start up this next week. Uh, I believe they'll get back safely. We drove back in, or we didn't. We rode back in. PJ drove back in and Friday night and got a little rest yesterday and ready to roll this morning. I was going to change subject matter on you this morning, but we weren't done yet, apparently. So go with me to Proverbs 13, and we will maybe finish up wisdom, faith, and finances. We've learned that finances, there's a lot in the Bible about finances, and and a lot of churches won't teach it. Uh, They won't, or a lot of ministries manipulate with it, and, and we don't want to do that. We want to look in the Word, see God's principles, walk them out. Anything that you do for 40 plus hours a week, I promise you God has something to say about it in His Scripture. He's not going to have you working 40 plus hours a week and not have some guidance on the subject. And so anything that has to do with life and godliness, he's given to us. Proverbs 13, 22, this is an encouraging scripture to me. I'm reading out of the Amplified. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Man, if we can just wrap our minds around that right there. Yes, that's godly principles. I've shared with y'all, I was brought up under godly principles. Those godly principles led me uh, completely out of debt into a debt-free living, uh, I would say, at an early age. I was 42. It seems early now that I'm 55. And the principles of God work. And, and a, good, a good person teaches those to the next generation, teaches those principles. And each generation should gain they should gain in wisdom they should gain in knowledge they should uh, gain in in finances because they're they're starting off better than than we did and I thank God for my grandparents and my great-grandparents I didn't get to hear it from them directly but through my grandparents I heard a lot of the sayings of the generations before me who I found out did quite well uh, during the Great Depression in fact, uh, my great-great-grandfather, Pleasant, I now live on Pleasant View, which I think is interesting. It's where he lived. Um, had one of the first houses with electricity uh, in the community. And so he called it the Delco. That was called the Delco House. And just thriving. Why? Godly. Godly. You, you serve a creative God. And a creative God is going to have children with creative minds. And, and I love that. That's encouraging to me. And we learned, we talked last week, prosperity is more than money, but it does include it. 
It does include provision. Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And the wealth of the sinner finds its way into the hands of the righteous for whom it was laid up. Now, if Mary's not here today, but I'm just going to use a Mary word, boom. I, I don't even know what to say about the scripture. Boom. We, so we quote that first part a lot, but we feel really guilty when we read the second part. Do y'all deal with that? The wealth of the wicked or the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just? I, Brother Jim, sometimes I think, ooh, how do we say that and not sound? I, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Here is a truth that you need to wrap your head around. Dr. Ken Stewart has some excellent teaching on this, on this passage. You'll leave an inheritance to your children's children, and the wealth of the sinner finds its way, the Amplified Version says, finds its way eventually into the hands of the righteous for whom it was laid up. And if you look that up, for whom it was laid up, and you look those words up, in your Greek or Hebrew concordance, it means in reserve and stored up for. The wealth of the wicked is in reserve and stored up for the righteous. It will find its way into the hands of the righteous. Don't feel bad about that. You will always be taking care of the poor. You will always be taking care of people. I know your hearts. I see your hearts. I've watched your hearts. This isn't a greed message. This is a righteous message. It is a fact that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. It's written in scripture. In fact, God told Joshua, it's, uh, it's in Joshua uh, 24. I don't think I put it in your notes. I didn't put it in mine. Um, he said, hey, I have given you land that you didn't labor for. And you're living in cities that you didn't build. And you're eating out of vineyards that you didn't plant. Therefore, put all other gods away from, from you and serve me in sincerity and truth. One of God's favorite ways of getting you to see him correctly is blessing you. Look and see how many times the word bless is in the scripture. Blessing, blessed, blessed. Oh, it's, it's full of blessing because that's the good father. That's, it's one of the, his favorite ways to get the attention of mankind is blessing. And, and uh, Joshua, he said, you, you're going to walk in things that, that you didn't labor for. And we talked about work last week. We believe work is principle of God, right? We believe it's a blessing of God. It wasn't a part of the curse. It was part of the blessing. But this looks really good to me. You're going to walk in things that you didn't build, that you didn't labor for. There are blessings out there that God's going to bring you into, the righteous into. It wasn't by the sweat of your brow. Sweat of the brow was a curse. Work was a blessing. Sweat of the brow was a curse. There's a big difference. I live on land I didn't buy. I live on land I didn't pay for. I live on land my grandparents worked for. 
I, I have things that I, I can't figure out how I got. I, I just look back and I think, how did this happen? How are we this blessed? And I often say, we live above our means. And we don't know anything. Now, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying there is no way for this to have happened to me other than the principles of God. The principles of God. And, and it's, not to, it's not to walk in greed or pride. I live in a barn, pretty much a barn. It's a nice barn, but pretty much it's a barn. I like barns. I have concrete floors. I love concrete floors. We walk in there, workers walk in there with their muddy boots. They start trying to take their boots off. I'm like, we got concrete floors. Leave them on. I'll sweep. I mean, we could have nicer things, but we love what we have. We enjoy what we have. And, and what we have doesn't own us because we don't owe. Don't owe. Get to where you don't owe. Get to where you don't know. I'm telling you, we talked about debt last week. I'm not going to re-preach last week's message. There is a way to live free. And then you're free to give. Not just free to pay, free to give. And that's where we need to be as Christians. Because the world, as, as the economic system gets more and more unpredictable in the world's eyes, more and more people are going to need help. And when things are in scarcity... The Christian needs to have plenty and give. And you can't give it if you ain't got it. We want to be in that place. Why do we want to be in that place? Because we want them to see the Father in us. We want them to want the life that we have as believers. You know, um, Jerry Savelle this year at Believers Convention. How many of you watched any of that? Oh man, it was excellent. Uh, he taught on the open hand of God. And he said that's the word that God had given him for 2022. Is it going to be the year of the open hand of God? And he used Psalm 145. So let's turn there. He said this would be the year of the open hand of God, which is unusual, extraordinary, supernatural provision. And I like the word unusual because God's been really dealing with me about letting his creativity flow through me when it comes to finances. And not keeping myself in my own understanding, keeping myself in my own ability, keeping myself in my own box of the way I think things should happen and the things that I think I can do. But he's put desires and can put desires on the inside of me that can prosper me to the point that I can help other people. He can make all grace abound towards me so that I can have to give to every good work. And, and I love that. Psalm 145, we're going to start in verse 14 out of the Amplified. He said, The Lord upholds all those of his own who are falling and raises up all those who are bowed down. The eyes of all wait for you. Talking to God. The eyes of all wait for you, looking, watching, and expecting. And you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy every living thing with favor. 
The Lord is rigidly righteous in all his ways and gracious and merciful in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call upon him sincerely and in truth, and he will fulfill the desires of those who reverently and worshipfully fear him. He also will hear their cry and he will save them. Let me find that in my, my version real quick. Psalm 145. Verse 16, when it says, thou openest thy hand, it literally means wide. This isn't God. <laughs> you know, I was, I was raised by some pretty frugal people. Well, one frugal person. <laughs> My dad was pretty frugal. Well, when he wanted to be, he bought a lot of stuff. You're, you're, you're a great shopper, Mom. You're the best I've ever seen. She's, she uses wisdom, but she's frugal would not be the word I would pick. Um, Dad said she had a black belt in shopping. That's what he used to tell her. You have a black belt in shopping. And she bought black belts in shopping. But if you've ever been raised, and, and our, our ancestry on the Brown Smith, a few Smiths in the house and the bloodline, they were frugal. <laughs> they were tight. And sometimes we judge God that way. He, he's, he's not. He gave it all. He absolutely gave it all. He gave it all. It's the open hand of God. Open, wide hand of God. And he satisfies the desire of every living thing. When you look that up, it means he feels to satisfaction. He feels to satisfaction. He's not just helping his children survive. He's helping his children thrive. And so if, if we've got God pictured as this, well, I'll just, you have not because you ask not. When you ask, you ask wrong. And that's why we don't have. And I'm not talking about greed. So get that out of your head. I'm not talking about I'm not out here driving a Rolls Royce. However, I do have a car that runs. And I believe God wants me to have a car that runs. Right? So it's, it's not about going like you see some people just go extreme with this. However, what we think is extreme and what God thinks is extreme is two totally different things sometimes. So sometimes we, we close God in and we limit God. And, and don't think you can't limit God because he said, he told Israel they had limited him. How? By their thinking. He said, you have, you have limited the Holy One of Israel. So I think we need to open up our minds a little bit to, about the open hand of God got to have an open mind to the open hand or I will limit what God can do in my life. I believe that there are many, many things, many ministries, um, many causes that the Lord wants to funnel money into. Thank you, Dylan. God is going to bless you and me, brother. 
Because if he's wanting to funnel money into it, he's not printing it in heaven and raining it down here. He is putting it through your hands into their hands. And if we can't learn to be open-minded enough about the open hand of God, then we will be stingy with what he gives us and the flow will stop with me. But if I'm open-minded about the open hand of God, then he can just keep funneling it through because my fear won't shut it off. That's where he wants us to be. That's one thing that, to me, the tithe does. It, it keeps my heart right in knowing God is my source. What I have is not my own. It is his. And, and when, I, when I go back to the kiosk and I do my tithe or I do my giving, it, it is proof to my heart, me judging my heart, that I have an open mind about the open hand of God. Because if I can't give the first fruits, if I can't give the first fruits, I'm in fear. I'm in fear. And so I want us to stretch our minds a little bit this morning. And y'all are awfully quiet. I hope that doesn't mean that you don't believe. God is a giver. He has abundance. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He, the, the gold and the silver that are in the earth, he put there. He put them there. He put them there for the earth. He put finances in the earth. But we have to keep our eyes on him as the provider, as Psalm 145 says. Our eyes are looking to him, expecting. It's not wrong to look to God and expect. It's called faith. And somehow religion has made us feel guilty that if we give to expect anything back. When the scripture says, give and it shall be given unto you. And then we're going to feel bad and let religion condemn us because when we give, we expect to receive. God will not be mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also Then why? Where is this condemnation coming from? I know it has been carried out wrong. But you be the judge of your heart and make sure your heart's not wrong. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. The word is still true. And you don't stop and you don't shut off the scripture and the power of the scripture because someone else has abused it. Just make sure you don't abuse it. In fact, Dad used to have a saying he said a lot. If you abuse it, you can't use it. Because faith works by love comes by hearing and it works by love so if I'm not walking in it out of love you don't it's not going to work for me anyway because faith works by love but but don't start feeling guilty about prospering just don't eat your seed you sow your seed right psalm 1 I love Psalm 1. You know, we read the word blessed or blessed 
And sometimes we forget what it means. So I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified because it, it gives the meanings of the words in parentheses. And you can look them up. They are correct. Blessed. Happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. That's a loaded <laughs> verse of scripture. Blessed. This is who is blessed. This is who is happy. This is who is fortunate. This is who is prosperous. And this is who is enviable. It's the person who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly. Who doesn't follow their advice, their plans, and their purposes. Now, this is really where I felt like the Lord wanted us to go today. We talked last week about Jeremiah 29, 11. We talked a lot about plans, right? God has the plan. God has the plan. For your finances, for your occupation, God has the plan. Blessed is the man, and prosperous is the man, and happy is the man, and enviable is the man. Fortunate is the man who does not walk in the plans of the ungodly. Where are you getting your advice from? When it comes to your occupation, when it comes to your finances, who is advising you? Who's advising you? I'm not saying we can't learn anything from somebody that's not a Christian. I have learned a lot of things from people who aren't Christian. But be very careful and make sure that the plans that they give you line up with God's plans. You know, most, let me rephrase that, all principles that work for good are God's principles. The world may just be using them. I remember back in the day, I, actually when I was a kid, I remember dad listening to a guy named Zig Ziglar. Uh, all the old people in the room are shaking their heads. Um, you probably have to be in your 50s or above to know who Zig Ziglar is. Or either that or you were taught well. And Zig Ziglar was a motivational speaker. He did a lot of things with, in sales, uh, training salespeople, Misty. And he was very positive. You remember? And you're not that old. Uh, you were taught well. And he, he talked a lot about positive words and setting goals and, and all of those principles. And the, the business world just went nuts over it. You know, and, and they used it. And dad, my dad would go into to GM training, uh, Ken, that they would send the car, car dealers, people that own car businesses into, and they would, they would train them on these positive words and, and setting a goal. That's God principle. That's not a world principle. They borrowed it. And you know what? Even if they're ungodly, the principle works for them. The principle works. It's a God principle. Positive words, setting goals, having a vision. All those things are God principles and they worked. They're God principles. 
He says you're blessed if you don't follow the advice of the world and their purposes, but you follow the purposes and the plans of God. That's when you're blessed. And you don't stand submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk. We minister to sinners, but we don't walk in their path. We don't sit down to to rest and relax with the scornful and the mockers, those who don't believe. We minister to them, but we don't sit down and relax and rest with them because it affects us. Verse 2, but his delight, the blessed man, his delight and his desire in the law of the Lord, the word of the Lord. And on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates ponders and studies by day and by night. Does that sound anything like Joshua 1.8? He said that's how, that's how you would make your way prosperous was by meditating on the Word of God day and night. Why? Because you're building his thoughts, his principles, his purposes into your heart and that's what you make your decisions by even in your finances. He shall be like a tree firmly planted Intended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth his fruit in his season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything that he does will prosper and come to maturity. I am like a tree firmly planted. You are like a tree firmly planted. How do you firmly plant? What does that mean that you're firmly planted? Anybody plant any trees before this summer and go through multiple days of 100 degree temperatures and no rain? You know what we did? We hauled five-gallon buckets of water either every morning or every evening. Loaded down the four-wheeler, the front rack, where our feet sat, had to put our feet up. And hauled buckets of water. Why? Because those plants were not established yet. Their roots weren't established yet to to help them maintain through rough seasons. And it was a rough summer. It was a rough season. And we had planted trees last fall. So if you want to be firmly planted, I think a good word for that is established. You need to be established in the, in the word of God, established in the ways of God. And if you are firmly planted by the streams of water, which is always the top of the word, you're ready to bring forth your fruit in your season. There's a timing to this, right? There's a timing to it. But meanwhile, your leaf will not fade or wither. You know that the outside economic system does not determine my prosperity. It doesn't determine my joy. doesn't determine fear. It doesn't determine anything when you're established in the Word. And you know, I try not to look at some of my accounts but once a month. Because I know... Since war with Russia uh, in Ukraine, I know what the markets did. And so why do I want to look at it? Unless God tells me to change something, why do I want to put my concentration on that every day? I know people that look every day 
every day, every day, every day. Oh, it went up. Oh, it went down. Oh, well, if you ain't selling, you ain't lost anything. Am I, am I talking to anybody in the house? I see you back there. If you're day trading or you're doing some of those things, totally different story, okay? What I'm saying is you can't let the economic atmosphere control your leaf. Your, your source is not out here. You're drawing from your source. You've got your roots deep. You're established in the word. And no matter what the economic atmosphere or environment is like, you know where your source is and you are not leaving the living water. Because it will feed you and it will sustain you and it will even grow you during the hottest, coldest, it doesn't matter what the temperature is, what the environment is, it will maintain you, it will sustain you, and it will continue to grow you. Everything that he does will prosper and come to maturity. God may have you change some things. You may do, he may have you do some things different, but that's what walking with him and talking with him does. Right? You can hear his voice. He says, it's not that way with the wicked. The disobedient living without God, verse 4. But they're like the chaff, worthless, dead, without substance, which the wind drives. They just go. Wherever, they, wherever the environment goes, that's where they go. It just blows them around. Not you. Not you. Relationship with his word will give you guidance. His word will give you guidance. You know, that, this... Word, I read Bob Yandian on this subject. Man, it's so good. We're going to try to get Bob Yandian in here. He's taught at Rama for years, uh, just solid as he can be, pastored for a lot of years. I, I feel like we need to get him in. Um, he said, this word will give you general guidance. If you just live off the book of Proverbs, you'll prosper. You hear me? It's, it's that simple. You just read the book of Proverbs and do what it says, you'll prosper. There's so much wisdom in there about money, about finances, about work, about effort, that you, you can't listen to the book of Proverbs and, and act on it and not be prosperous. After all, that's who wrote it, right? The, the, wisest, the wisest person that lived, that's who wrote this. So when you need specific guidance... That's when we draw from that living water. Living water is changing water. It, it, it's not that the substance of H2O changes, but um, it's guidance on where you, what you need you can draw from. What's in it that you need changes. There are certain plants that when they're planted, they need to draw certain things out. There's other plants that need to draw other nutrients out. And that's what the living word of God can do. Brett can draw from it. What is it you do, Brett? Machinist. I don't need, I don't need all of that. You're going to see all the teachers, workers coming back in. It's fine. Stay with me. I need something else. Same word. 
but it can be specific to Brett for what he does and what he invests in. It can be specific for me and what I do and what I invest in. So relationship with his word will give you general guidance that will direct you in wisdom. You will bring forth your fruit in your season. That's specific. Your fruit in your season, 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 that is specific. And so time then walking with him, and what I like to do is I like to take his word, like the scriptures we read today, and I like to take it to him and say, Father, you said, you said you had a plan for me. And that was good, and that was hope, and it was a future. And you start talking to him and I know they put you in a white jacket for some of this, but I'm telling you, we're Christians. We believe it, right? You start talking to him about his word. And then it goes from general guidance to specific guidance. Do this. Or you'll start having a desire that drawing you towards something that's placed in your heart. We talked about the desires of your heart last week, right? God will put desires in you. Or you'll come across somebody, not a con, not a scam. If it sounds too good to be true, just you better have God written all over it before you jump in, okay? Specific. That comes from that walking and talking, praying in the Spirit, talking to God about His Word. Then that specific guidance can come. I love general guidance. But specific guidance is crazy good. Absolutely crazy good. And that's the streams of water where you are tended to. That's what we just read. The streams of water where you are tended to by him. And your fruit in your season is developed to maturity. And man, I just, Yandian brought out that that streams of water and being tended to and it just really captivated me and Isaiah 12 2 says behold God my salvation I'll trust and not be afraid for the Lord God is my strength he's my song he has become my salvation therefore with joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation. See, you didn't just get saved and you're saved from hell. You got saved and now you draw from the wells of salvation. Isn't that, isn't that good? You're not saved and it's done. With joy, I love that, with joy. Will you draw water from the wells of salvation? Yandian said this. He said, salvation is a well of water you can continually draw from with joy. What do you need? What do you need to know? What do you need to know? Then you can draw from that salvation. It's like a bucket. Was it? I think it was, I always want to give it to Judge Lindsay. I, I want to say it was Judge Lindsay. Somebody a long time ago came here and taught on a message about drawing from your spirit, drawing from what's in you. And he took a bucket and he would, he would throw it and bring that bucket in. See, most of the time we're, we're throwing our bucket out into the world and we're saying, how can I get rich How did they get rich? 
How did they get wealthy? And we're throwing our, we're seeking our knowledge, we're throwing our attention out to the world and saying, well, let me just look at the world, really look at them, and see if that's really what you want. Because they're losing their families. In fact, they got so much money, they're killing themselves. Because it's a lot of work to be wealthy. And it's not satisfying to be wealthy. It is satisfying to be prosperous, God-style. So make sure that you're throwing that bucket of attention, of, of uh, gaining knowledge out to somebody that their life shows that it is truly what you want for your life. And, and I love that bucket. And we've just been throwing it a lot of times out to draw knowledge and not necessarily wisdom. And there is a difference. Oh, man. Where did today go? Y'all must have sang too long today or something. Cause... <laughs> Let me just give you Proverbs 2. I'll just read it to you. Uh, the whole thing's good. I'll jump down. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Well, here we go. Y'all got time. My son, if you accept my words... If you accept my words, if you accept my words and store up my commandments within you. Sounds like we're building a well here, doesn't it? Store up my, accept my words, store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. If you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, if you look for it as for silver. Oh, what are we looking for? Silver? Oh, no. We're not looking for silver. We're looking for understanding. Big difference. We're looking for understanding. As for silver and search for understanding as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and you will find the knowledge of God. You can, you can have the knowledge of God. You can have the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk as blameless, and he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and what is just and what is fair Every good path, for wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you, and understanding it will guard you. Look, if God's directing the path, it's safe. It's safe. And that takes that fear out, and it brings that pleasantness to your soul. I love that he talks about joy and pleasantness in both of those passages of scripture. Proverbs 20 verse 5 says, The purposes, the plans, the advisement, the counsel of a man's heart are deep waters. But a man of understanding draws them out. The counsel's there. But a man of understanding will draw it out. The counsel's there. 
The man of understanding will draw it out. It's in there. The Holy Spirit is continually producing counsel. What you need to know, Jim, it's in there. But the man of understanding draws it out. How you draw it out? He's praying. He's talking. And he's listening. That takes time. It takes a seeking. Not because God's holding it back. Because you have to get it through your earthly ears <laughs> into your inside ears. And then we have to change how we think. God has a plan. It's in there. A wise man, the man of understanding, will draw it out. In fact, Jesus said this about the Holy Spirit. He said, He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. So it's in there. And it's flowing. And it's continual. But the wise man will draw it out. I want you to start taking these passages of scripture to the Father and talking to him about them. Let him know what you need to know. And then take what he says, and you will produce your fruit in your season. And what's happening around you will not be the dominating factor. It'll be what's happening in you that's the dominating factor. Amen? Y'all can stand. Hello, balcony crowd. How are y'all today? It's going to be a good week. Go home, get the kids to bed early tonight after youth group. They're in youth. And uh, if they're not in youth, then my goodness, as soon as by 7.30, get those kids in the tub and get you some rest, Mama. And uh, get, them, get them on schedule and uh, talk to them. You know, pray over them, release any anxiety that they might have about the new year. You have the authority, the spiritual authority to do that in your home. And they're going to listen to your words. You're, you're the dominating factor in the home, moms and dads. So grandmas, talk to them, speak to them, tell them, declare what their school year is going to be like. And they'll, they'll believe you. They'll believe you. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you for what you're stirring on the inside of the people. Father, I know that this is for this season, that you have desires for us to minister and to be funnels, to be conduits, to be um, reservoirs of your goodness, willing and able to distribute where you direct. Father, you, it is your heart that we have to give to every good work. Every single good work that you instruct us to, it is your desire that we be in a place where we can and that, I want that to be our hearts, Father. That we not, we not have to say we can't right now. But that we be in a place where we can give you our yes. Father, you said that you would put a blessing on our storehouses. That our barns would be filled with plenty. And we know that that is not just for our own eating and for our own use. But it is for your use and for your glory. You give bread to the eater. You'll take care of us. You're our source. You're our sustainer. But you also give us seed to sow. And for that we are thankful. Your economic system is far above 
anything this world could offer. So we'll seek you for our wisdom. We'll listen and we'll be obedient. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. The church said, Amen. Amen. Amen.